The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wedging partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball is in full swing and there are no shortage of ways to get on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the Welcome Back to Sports bonuses. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Alright guys, welcome into another Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Brought to you by Armchair Media and betonline.ag. And sponsored by Manscaped as well. Hashtag take a seat. Well... Two podcasts in one week. I'm on a roll, guys. As this is the second podcast that I'll do. It's weird because, you know, a few days ago, one of my followers on Twitter sent me an instant message, or DM, or DM, I should say, and he said, you know, you haven't did a podcast in a while, so he was checking to see if everything was okay with me. And, you know... I actually appreciate him checking on my well-being. I'm not being a smartass when I say that. Because with all the stuff that's going around this year, you don't know, you know, you don't know what's happening behind people's tweets, retweets and whatnot, and humor and laughter. I mean, we're kind of, the way things are now these days, we're in a more electronic world. And it's like, you don't know what happens behind emails and text messages. People may tell you that you're all right and that all is well, but, and you know, some people may look happy, but maybe they're just miserable behind the scenes. There's other stuff going on and it's just, you know, it's a, um, you know, kind of a false flag, I should call her, you know, where, where it's like, I'm trying to act happy, but I'm really sad inside. I mean, you know. And I was in Andrew, who runs our, um, you know, who runs the pod. He pretty much he gives us the ad reads. He tells us what we need to do, and you know, he's been pretty cool guy. I mean, he, you know, I reached out to him, and I, told, you know, after a while because I wasn't recording, I'm like, I was like, hey, dude, I've been in the middle of a lot of love stuff with this moving and whatnot. I'm just, you know, I'll get, to, you know, I just can't do it right now. And he was cool about it. You know, he understood. He said, nothing to worry about. And so, I'm back in the game, and I'm here. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot's going to happen. I mean, well, for one thing, I mean, the um, sports was still playing on restarting for last month, and there was that. And then, you know, you know I, I mean... Talking about that ad nauseum just gets you know it just gets old. I mean the the plans of restarting this you know the leagues, 
and just all the other stuff. I mean, it just there just wasn't much going on, and you know, and it's just a lot of it was being regurgitated, and, and on top of that, you had stuff that just just a lot of pissing matches. I mean, you know, I, you know. An issue with all the social justice stuff that went on, there was a message and a clear thing. Then it turned to pissing matches, you know, and, and of course the messages kept getting hijacked. Where you had people destroying stuff that weren't relate that wasn't related to the message. They were just destroying shit. Then the anti anti Semitic stuff went down, and of course, it just it just spiraled out of control. So, I mean, it's, which eventually I'll probably get into, I think if I get into more of the, talking about the social justice movement stuff, I'm probably going to do it more, not so much, I'm going to try to cover from both angles, because there's two angles to this. And the thing is, is if, the thing is, it's the same thing with the NBA, I mean, the NBA tries to be, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, woke, and then, of course, the whole China thing happens. And if you're going to be vocal about stuff here in, you know, in our country, and your business partner who's in China is doing a whole bunch of stuff, and you're like, eh, whatever, you know, not my worry. Well, you know, people people aren't exactly going to take you seriously with what you're doing. And the same thing with the, with, with, with what happened in the NFL with the... um what uh, what some players said. It's the same thing. If you're speaking out against one thing and then you're making anti-Semitic comments and and, and, and you know the league, you know the players go quiet, then of course people aren't going to take you seriously for what you're doing. So it's it's you know, it's just one way to look at it. You know, and that's pretty much. All I'm going to say about that. Well, actually, I will say that Kaepernick's July 4th post was more, I think it was, to me, it was more of a retirement. It was more of a retirement post because I don't think he's ever going to get back in the league. And I think not too long after that, he did sign, did some of, he's doing some with Disney Plus. But given what business ventures he has, I don't think it's really, I don't think he's ever going to put on a uniform because he's going to be a backup and there's no need to sign for backup money when you're making plenty more money elsewhere with not doing football. And you know what? I said I was going to talk about this stuff and now I got it all out and I don't have to talk about it anymore. I spent a good maybe two minutes on it, three minutes. So I would just, you know, Hit skip, I guess. Just skip the podcast to the you know, to the actual you know real stuff we're gonna talk about because there was some stuff that was really intriguing to me and and um, some of it you know was some old takes that I had and they failed miserably. Well, just one actually. But I did see that there's a possibility UConn may not go on with the football season. This year, and I mean, they're they're independent now, and Randy Edsel is worried about the safety of his players, and worried about proper protocols are being taken and whatnot. 
I mean, I'll give, I mean, I did read some clippings of an art of the article, and I give Randy Edsel a lot of credit. I mean, the guy after the BCS game bolts to Maryland, and things just didn't go too all well with him. And he went back to UConn, and they patched things up, and things obviously aren't going going aren't going his way. I mean, the guy had to take a pay cut just to keep one of his assistants on staff because UConn. They just got hit. you know that program just got hit with bad hires and buyouts and whatnot. I mean we're talking. Randy leaves, and if there's one person that could have built that program up to where it was, Eds was your guy. I mean they they, they were one double A. They get to the you know they get to one A. They get to the Big East. And they had some, you know, they had some success. I mean, they went to bowl games. They went to they went to a BCS bowl game as well. So, yeah, them and Cincinnati, you know, they 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 were two big beneficiaries of the initial Big East expansion because Cincinnati went to two BCS bowl games, and I think they could have went to they could they actually could have went to one more. I think if Zach Calaris doesn't get hurt. Not that it was, I think it was two thousand eleven season. If he doesn't get hurt, I think they go to a they go to the three BCS bowl games out of four years. I think that you know after after Tony Pike, what he did at Cincinnati, I think there was a lot on the shoulders of Caleros that that year later. And I just think he just couldn't handle it. I mean, he did pretty well in the reserve role. You know that that year was Cincinnati and thing two thousand nine, twenty ten. I think they he um I think there was just too much on his shoulders. The next year afterward, he played better, but I think it was that it was that year he got hurt is when things just you know, that was it for them. But if he would, I think if he doesn't get hurt, they go to three BCS bowl games. You know they 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 benefited from that. I mean. And that's why I get into here with this with this UConn thing as well. Um, UConn joined the Big East as of July first, twenty twenty. There was a big celebration on Twitter. You know, some of the UConn bloggers and whatnot were all celebrating this, and some old tweets were pulled up. I think one of mine was pulled up as well when I said that in the long run, I felt that the AAC is going to be a better venture for UConn. And probably a better basketball league in the long run than the Big East. And I pretty much swung a miss on that one. I mean, the Big East in basketball has been, has, been, has been a really good league. And they have some really good programs. And I thought that UConn would have done pretty well in the AEC. I mean, football, it was just bad hires. I mean... They replaced Randy Edsel with freaking Paul Pasqualoni. I mean, why why would you do that? I mean, the guy, when he left Syracuse, he was pretty much a shell of himself, and the only thing he could really get was a, a, an assistant position. I mean, he's assistant coach material after that. I mean, that was the one baffling move. And then they just kept digging themselves in, in deeper holes and... And now they have this, and then they have Kevin. They have those buyouts. They hire Kevin Ollie, and 
Kevin Owens initially worked out. I mean, they he took him to a national, they won a national championship. But things just slowly went downhill for them, and things just really slipped. I mean, their women's program is still you know dominant program, but I think to me what was what was really telling was when this past year, or not, not the not the this year that concluded, but the year before. When we had an actual NCAA tournament, the UConn women got grabbed a two seed in the tournament, and basically it's because well, there was nobody <laughs> worth playing in the AEC, and they pretty much could sleepwalk through that conference. But they got a two seed, so that was a pretty telling story there when they did that. But yeah, that that happened and. You can tell that was, you know, when things were starting to slip. I mean, there were some people that said that maybe UConn was freaking out about this and this was, you know, this, they shouldn't do this, but I'm not sure if their football program is ever going to get back to where they were at one time. The thing is, up in that area, the, the recruiting base isn't a whole lot. If you look at Cincinnati, for instance, after when, um, Brian Kelly left. Butch Jones took over. He leaves for Tennessee. And they, they, then they bring in Tommy Tuberville. And, and it just, you know, it didn't really work out. But what Cincinnati did was they bring in Luke Fickle. And this was a, you know, this, you know Luke Fickle was a really good hire for them because they brought a guy in who was under Trestle and he was under an Urban Meyer. So the guy was under two really good coaches, and he knows the higher recruiting base. And on top of that, he knows what needs to get done to put a program together because he's, he's learned under two good coaches. And on top of that, Ohio has plenty of really good Ohio is a is a hop has a hotbed of players, and that's one thing that really helped Cincinnati when they got to the Big East because before that they were just Conference USA, and to get to convince them to get kids to go there was hard because why would they want to go to Cincinnati when they can go to Miami, Ohio, Akron, Kent State, play of other Ohio programs they can go to. They don't have you know. When they went to the Big East, they had a BCS. They were in a BCS conference, and then they can convince players to say, "Hey, you come here. We may con- contend for BCS," and they did. And at one time, they were ranked higher than Ohio State, because and I think one of the radio shows every month, every week, week was reminding people they were ranked. Since then, was ranked higher than Ohio State in the polls. And, of course, the message boards as well. I mean, I remember Scout.com, the message boards from Cincinnati were, were buzz. But then when the Big East collapsed, when, I mean, just the football collapsed, and the conferences were formed, Cincinnati ends up in the AEC with UConn, the message boards became a ghost town because there was no more excitement. I mean, what, what, what excitement is there? There's nothing to play for anymore. There's no BCS to contend for. 
you're hoping for some high, you know, the highest level bowl game you can find, and there's nothing, there's nothing to play for. You go from the BCS to to no BCS, you know, no chance of a college playoff. But I think with you know with Fickle, I think he's you know, I think he'll be there for a long time. I mean, unless Ohio State melts down or Michigan melts down, I think. They'll have him for a while. I mean, I mean, I think he's going to be there long term because if he keeps, you know, if he keeps bringing the players, if he keeps them ranked, he has no need to really go anywhere else. I mean, I'm sure Cincinnati's going to give him the money as well. If he wants money, they'll pay him. But that's just an example of what happens. I mean, UConn had some good with football, but bad hires killed it, and. They ride the ship with uh, with basketball, but they're going to move their. They're gonna, they know the basketball is pretty much what they have left, and they got to protect it. So that's why they're heading to the Big East because they need. They know they got to protect their basketball product. So, well, speaking of certain certain teams getting cut off from the BCS, let me let me tell you about something you want to avoid getting cut, or should I say, avoid cutting and avoid hurting? Um, it's your balls. Well, that's why we have Manscaped. And you know what? They got the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a, it's a premium electric trimmer. It's designed to give you that confidence boost with you know through your body image. It's gonna make you look like a Roman warrior. It's got ceramic blades, skin safe technology, no next tugs. So you know what? You're gonna have you're gonna be able to be able to shave and be able to sculpt yourself without having to worry about being clipped or what, without you know canceling your date or postponing it because well you've had a little accident down there, and it's not looking good, but it's got longer battery life and of course they released the Shears 2.0 nail kit. And you gotta pick this up, you guys. I mean, there's a it's gonna help you out with your um it's gonna help you out with your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. Of course, there's the ball deodorant. I mean, you want to, you want you, know, you want your jewels to smell good, don't you? So go to manscaped.com. Enter the promo code armchair, twenty percent off your purchase and free shipping. You don't have to buy the whole kit. You they have pr- plenty of products you can buy separately. So go check out you guys. Go to manscaped.com. Promo code armchair. And also, you guys remember. That sports are back. MLB and Lost Sports are full swing. Go to Bet Online. They have all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Check out Floyd Mayweather's segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive joy collection. You get a chance to win some of his great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Bet Online, your online wagers experts, and sign up and check out their bonuses. Well, yeah, you know, I just read the whole Manscaped thing, and they had, I mean, I'm reading it, and I'm like, they have a nail kit now, and pluck your eyebrows. I mean, I'm so. I mean, I don't know, guys. I'm 41 years old. I don't think I've ever worried about what my eyebrows look like. I mean, my nails. I mean, I'm. You make sure you keep the dirt out of them, but I'm. You know, I'm not sure about the other stuff. You know, that's just. You know, that's that's a bit out there. I mean. At 41, I'm not really worried about. I mean, of course, with the you know, with shaving accents, if, when you're manscaping, you know, if you're going to pl- 
plucking and, you know, shaving in other regions, you know, of course you definitely don't want, you know, if you have a chance of quote-unquote scoring, you don't want to, um, you know, delay that and say, oh, you know, I got a headache. You know, I just, you know, I had a long day, I just can't do it. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to some more stuff here. So let's talk about, let's do a segment of what if. Um, and this had me thinking, what if Pitt ended up not in the ACC? What if they end up in the, in the, um, hypothetically, let's see, let's say, what, what if they ended up in the, in the AAC? Well, here's what, here's what would have happened, in my opinion, what, you know, this would have, you know, Pitt would have, been the same fate as UConn. Basketball, I think we would have been fine because there were still some good basketball pro teams, you know, some good programs still. Jamie would have been able to rack up his 20 wins, his 20-plus wins a season without without a whole lot of effort. Sure, we'd probably go to NCAA tournament and lose in the first round because, well, we were playing a bunch of weak competition all year and, But still, we're going to the tournament. It's all matters. So I think, you know, the basketball piece, we're fine because we're happy as long as we're still going, you know, we're still in 20 games and going to the tournament. You know, basketball, we're fine. I think the Olympic sports, they're pretty much in the same position as they were in the Big East. So there's still going to be a, a big pile of horse dung. But I think for football... Pitt got left out of expansion. It would have been disastrous for the football program. It would have been actually chaotic in a lot of ways. Because Pitt's in the ACC, and they don't, they don't really fill their stadium enough now. I mean, we get 40,000 to the games, a core 40, 45,000. So if they're in, in a non-contention you know, of a conference like the AAC, I think you're looking at maybe ten to twenty thousand going to Heinz Field. That's disastrous. I think it makes it hard to hire a coach at Pitt to bring in somebody. I mean, Pat Narduzzi, no way in hell would he have wanted the Pitt job if Pitt's in the AEC. I think Pitt probably ends up with a um, maybe a young up and coming coach, probably if they can get him. But knowing Pitt. They probably end up signing Terry Bowden as the head coach. They take some sort of retread who was good maybe like 20 years ago or 10 years ago, and he is the head coach. I think they go the same route UConn does when they did with Pasqualoni. They would probably have hired a, a freaking has-been, probably. Probably would have hired Don Nealon. That would have been our luck. That's just you know, what I think. And of course, a lot of other things suffer. The pit blogs and publications suffer because who the hell's gonna go? Out, who in the right mind's gonna go on cardiac hill to read about uh, the pit preview? Oh, today we're previewing the pit football game between um, Pitt and um, Tulane. It's a it's a big conference matchup between the two, and you know, lots on the line here. 
I missed this. Tulane in the AAC. Let me see. Oh, yeah, they're there. Yeah, but that's, that's pretty much what happened with Pitt's fate. I mean, nobody's uh, going to go on to pantherlayer.com and pay Chris Peak $10 a month for insider information on what recruit, which recruit um, is going to decide between Pitt, um, Memphis, Central Florida, and probably Buffalo. You know, it's like get the scoop on the three-star recruit that's going to, you know, I mean, that's pretty much what we're going to be stuck with. I mean, local kids aren't going to, you know, they barely give Pitt the time of day. I mean, we're starting to get some you know, more bites now, but local kids aren't going to give Pitt the time of day ever again. I mean, they would have just laughed at us. But, yeah, you're, you're, we're talking football program would die really bad. I think, do we stay, do we even stay at Heinz? I mean, could we go to the, share the, share the, Oh, sorry, guys. That's the air freshener. It just uh, went off. Oh, well. That's what happens when you podcast at home. But, yeah, I mean, do we share the stain with the Riverhounds? I mean, there's no, I mean, the buzz for football is dead, I think, at that point. And, and of course, uh, all these um, improvements to Pitt's, facilities and stuff like that. I don't think it happens. We're probably still using Block Pit as our um, you know, logo. There's no way in hell we stay with the script. And of course, Steve Pearson was DAD, you know, when all this went down, so does he still have a job? I mean, what does he do? Oh good lord. Can you imagine that guy, Steve Pearson, the A D while Pitt's in the AEC? We definitely would have hired Terry Terry Bowden as our head coach instead of Pat Narduzzi because you know, well Pat Narduzzi for one thing would never have been interested in the pit job at that point. We, there would have been some young up and comer, probably a Luke Fickle type, and Steve would just hired you know freaking Terry Bowden. I mean, who else was there to hire at that point? I mean, who else could have gotten? Um, oh, Tommy Tuberville. We could have grabbed him because Tommy was, you know, when he was hired in Cincinnati, he was pretty much about to be ushered out. The, you know, he's about to be kicked out of um, Texas Tech. It's quite obvious, guys. We would have been fucked for the most part. But I think one argument that could be made is that maybe if Pitt does not get picked up by the ACC, I'm sure the Big Twelve would have grabbed those because they were they were interested. But what if no, nothing none of that happens at all? I mean, well, maybe Pitt tries to keep a conference together with West Virginia if they don't get picked up by the Big Twelve. I'm sure, I'm sure they would have stayed with us, you know, and made made the league work. Same with Louisville. I'm sure they would have stayed too and just, you know, we could have just made this league work and made it a happy family. Mm, not so much. But uh, at the end of the day, we're in the ACC and it doesn't matter how bad things can get. We're going to count our money no matter what. Oh, well, you guys, I'm going to end it here. Enough rambling for the day. You guys enjoy your Thursday and, and the weekend. I may be back later this week. Who knows? I might, I might do a podcast this weekend depending on how things go because there's some stuff I wanted to talk about. 
um, the IT, you know, oh yeah, jobs working in IT. I want to, I want to, you know, all the stuff. My I, well, from working in IT, my memories. I want to get that put out there. That's gonna be fun. And I'm, I'm probably I want to talk more about the NBA and what's been going on there. NHL as well, because that's starting back up, and yeah, we just getting back into it. All right, guys, I'm done here. Hell, pit. Talk to you later.